Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another action-packed, body-slamming episode of 80s Wrestling Radio. I'm Tommy Fierro, joined by my main man, Jumpin' Jay. What's going on, man? Tommy, I'm excited to be talking to you. It is WrestleMania weekend, a historic WrestleMania. It was yesterday, and the always entertaining uh, Monday night Raw after WrestleMania just went off the air. Lots to talk about, and we have a very special guest that will be joining us in just a moment. Yes, sir. I, I was actually at uh, I was actually at WrestleMania yesterday, and uh, all I can say really, it, it was it was very, very, very long. I mean, <laughs> you should have been there live when at, at, at the stroke of midnight when you know r Truth and Carmella came out saying it's a dance break time. I mean, at this point, I mean the people are just <laughs> <laughs> booing them out of the building, including me. I'm like, come on! So it got over about twelve thirty. And uh, by the time, you know, you, you get out of the parking lot and, and get back home, you're looking at 2 o'clock in the morning. So, I mean, it was a really long show. Um, but, I mean, God, I mean, they did some really good stuff last night. Kofi Kingston won the WWE World Heavyweight title. Becky Lynch uh, wins the SmackDown and Raw title. And, uh, you know, the, the women, you know, created history last night by main eventing WrestleMania. And, uh, you know, speaking of, of women, uh, joining us on the line right now is a former WWE diva herself. Uh, Cherry, Cherry, welcome to Ease Wrestling Radio. How are you today? Hello, Cherry, are you yep. there? Try her now, Tommy. Cherry, are you, you there? Me? Can you hear me? Yeah, can you now hear me? we can hear you. How are you? Yes, okay. how you I'm doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for coming on. Uh, uh, Cherry is a, uh, like myself and probably anyone else out there that, you know, loves 80s wrestling, a huge Macho Man Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth fan. So I, I know me and Jay have been talking about wanting to do that episode for a, a few weeks now, Macho Man and Elizabeth, and I thought, what better person uh, to have on than you, uh, Cherry, because, you know, I, I've known you for 20 years. I know that you're a big Savage Elizabeth fan, so I thought it'd be fun to come on and we can all talk about, uh, you know, that yeah. storied, that storied career between those two. You know, it started off in 1984; they were married, and uh, Elizabeth debuted on WWF TV in 1985, uh, crowned the first lady of, uh, of wrestling. Were you uh, were you watching wrestling in 1985, uh, Cherry? And, and, how did it all come about where you just fell in love with, with, with Macho Man and Elizabeth? Well, uh, to back up, nobody knew that they were married, by the way, which is what the mystique was. So that was really interesting when 
when that was found out by me at least. Um, but yeah, I was, well, I was watching more of the Coliseum clamshell videos um, where I was able to see some of that first stuff where she was de- debuted um, because I had just started to see what was on TV, which wasn't a whole lot in my area. So, um, you know, I saw Macho Man and was just in awe of how weird he was. It was like weird and I couldn't stop watching him. Um, then to come, you know, to find a show that all of a sudden he had this woman with him and I didn't know the background to it until I saw the Coliseum home video where he actually did the debut. I didn't see that of her. So, um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was hooked instantly. Cause she was just as intriguing to me as she was to everybody else. And I'm like, who is this chick you want? You are thinking they're married. They're insinuating it's nothing but business. So it was intriguing from the right from the jump. It was intriguing. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and what a great way to debut also. Uh, anyone out there that remembers that segment, uh, all the managers were fighting for the services of, of Macho Man, including uh, you know, Freddie Blassie, Bobby Heenan, Jimmy Hart, and you know, and, and, and they all think they have the opportunity to win him over. And, and that's when he introduces uh, Elizabeth. Jay, were you, were you a big Macho Man Elizabeth fan growing up as well? Oh, absolutely. I don't know how you watch 80s wrestling and not be a Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth uh, fan at the time. Um, Like Cherry alluded to, Macho Man was just such a wild, out-there character, larger than life, that he immediately drew your eye. And then when you you combine that kind of savagery of a character, no pun intended, with the beautiful Miss Elizabeth, yeah, it piques everyone's interest. What, what, before we, we, we get into the whole storyline uh, career between those two, uh, Cherry, what, what was your favorite moment, uh, both of you guys, what, what was your favorite ever moment of Macho Man and Elizabeth? I, I'll tell you mine first. I, I think, uh, I mean, it, it's hard to narrow it down because, you, you know, you have, the, you have the wedding, you have, um, you know, the, the mega powers explode, and you have... Rick Flair, Elizabeth, Macho Man storyline. I think my favorite though is when Elizabeth went away for a while, and you know she came back at WrestleMania Seven and reunited with the Macho Man. I think that's my favorite moment um, out of those two. How about you guys? Um, I think for me there were so many, but the one that really kind of um, stuck out to me that got me super intrigued was the Saturday Night's Main Event where um, Savage was wrestling Honky Tonk, Heart Foundation on the outside, um, and they, you know, go to the end where, you know, Heart Foundation's holding Savage, and Honky Tonk wants to hit him with the guitar, and Elizabeth, for the first time ever, gets involved to such a degree where she's shoved to the ground, and she never got touched. Nobody did anything with her. It was just like she finally took that step to protect her man, and put herself in the line of fire, um, that was like, holy cow. It was just to see her actually do something so little was hugely impactful for me. So that's the very first thing that stood out for me in that part of their career. Absolutely. How about you, Jay? My favorite angle involving Miss Elizabeth would have to be the Saturday night main event when the Mega Powers are wrestling the Twin Towers and Miss Elizabeth took that bump outside the ring, and Hogan carried her to the back, and then Macho Man came back, and that's when uh, Hogan and Savage kind of started their, their breakup. And so for me, that's, that's the place I always go in my mind when I think of 
uh, Miss Elizabeth and the Macho Man, but I was also a big mark uh, for Dusty Rhodes and Sapphire uh, when they were mixing it up with uh, the Macho King and Scary Sherry, and then Miss Elizabeth uh, appeared after being gone for a while. I really dug that as a kid as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. There were so many, so many, uh, so many layers to the storyline with Macho Man and Elizabeth. Uh, I, I guess now is a good time. Uh, you were just talking about um, the Saturday Night's main event where you know the mega powers you know pretty much explode it, and I think that's a good point, uh, a good time now that to start talking about that storyline. Obviously, it started at WrestleMania Four when the Macho Man Randy Savage captured the uh, WWF World Heavyweight title in the finals of the tournament, defeating Teddy Biasi, and you know it laid the groundwork for the following year, WrestleMania Five, where it was to be Hogan and Macho Man. Um, uh, Cherry, you at that time you're just a kid and, and you just love. I'm sure you, you're a huge fan of Macho Man and Hulk Hogan together with Elizabeth. What was your initial reaction uh, as a as a young younger uh, child watching that, seeing uh, Macho Man and Hulk Hogan, uh, you know, pretty much coming to a head after that Saturday Night's main event. It was, it was so, it's such a struggle because, you know, at the time Hogan's like huge and everybody loves Hulk Hogan, but then you don't want to see her torn between the two because you're like, well, you don't want her to drop Hulk, but you don't want to drop Savage. And you're just intrigued by what is she going to do? And, and back then those, you know, shows were just drawn out so much. You were just, it was building and was building and was building. You just wanted to see what was going on. And, you know, and I found that they didn't utilize her as much during that, like that WrestleMania uh, five where it's Hogan and Savage together. And Elizabeth was basically, you know, she was there for the very few minutes of the first part of the match and then kicked out and was like, no, I want to see her do something. I want to see her pick. Like it was just, I wanted more from that, even though, their match was great, and I loved the storyline and all of that. I just, I always wanted her there, you know. You know, and that Saturday Night's Main event with the Twin Towers. I mean, yes, that was definitely the biggest impact. It's the first time she was ever really truly bombed, you know. And it was that was that looked insane, you know. Someone who was sure. never touched, you know, that was such a huge bump for such a tiny woman to take. And you know, she took it like a champ, and it came off fantastic. And you know. It, it was just so fun to see her take these little baby steps and they, those baby steps were so impactful. It was just, it, everybody just wanting more. Uh, absolutely. And you know what else, uh, Terry, when you were just, you were just saying that, um, back then in, 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 in that time frame, it was either, you know, 1988 or beginning at 89, you know, it's unheard of, of, of a, a 250 pound, 300 pound man falling on top of a woman outside the ring. I mean, back then, that just that just didn't happen. Um, you know, we're, we're so into this conversation that we actually forgot to get the call-out member. Uh, anyone out there listening that wants to, to call up and join in on the conversation of Macho Man Randy Savage and Elizabeth can uh, call up at 323-927-2953. Again, that's 323-927- 2953, we're joined by former WWE Diva Cherry, and we're talking Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Elizabeth. Jay, how about you? Uh, what, what's some of your fondest memories of the Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Elizabeth uh, triangle? Real quickly, I want to say, too, is uh, Elizabeth totally, totally, totally doesn't get 
the credit she deserves for the impact she played uh, in the success of that angle. Because, you know, if it wasn't for her, I, I, me and Jay were talking about this, uh, Cherry, a few weeks ago, how, how so good she was with her facial expressions. Like, she can, she sold that storyline just with her facial expressions. She didn't have to say a word. That's how oh, yeah. she was. That's how important. That's how important she was. Jay, what's yeah. your take on that whole mega power situation? I, I agree with what you were saying, Tommy, about about the expressions. I think my favorite thing about the whole angle was just the subtleties. You know, it was a glance, it was a look, it was a lingering hand on a shoulder for just a second too long, and you would see the macho man's eyes kind of flare up. It's they didn't blatantly come out. Uh, and tell you what was going on. They laid the foundation. That angle was stretched out. It wasn't a quick angle. It lasted a year. Like you said, there was a lot of buildup to it. And so they did subtle things that planted seeds in your mind, seeds in your imagination. And then you could kind of see the writing on the wall between the Hulkster and Macho Man. So I just like how they, they, drew, they drew it out over a long period of time. And they really did a nice job laying the groundwork so that when those two did turn on each other, they did go head to head at a WrestleMania. It meant something. It mattered. You were into it. Oh, not only did it mean something, I mean, what, 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 the whole story revolved around Elizabeth. You know, there wouldn't have been, there wouldn't have been no Hulk Hogan, Macho Man uh, feud and robbery if it wasn't for Elizabeth. And the fact that she's not in the WWE Hall of Fame is just an absolute travesty. I mean, God, she was such a huge part of, of 80s wrestling, especially for the WWF boom period in that time. I mean, you're talking about, you know, you know, T-shirts, action figures, you know, the, all, all kinds of stuff she had. She was such a major name for the promotion. And and what, what's your take? Because I know, I know she's your all-time favorite, uh, Cherry. What, what's your take that she's not in the Hall of Fame? It just makes no sense to me. You know, I know that they have their – whatever there is for choosing and deciding, we are – none of us are, you know, privileged to know that information, but – it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, not, not to discredit anybody that's gone in before her, because I know they do, like, a token female every year. You know, and Tori was fabulous and well-deserving of it. I just, after all this time, I know the struggle with Savage and whatever the mystery is behind that discord in, their, in the friendship between WWE and Savage, I just don't understand where, where the oversight is there's something we're not understanding or knowing because I think like you guys are saying, she was so important for that angle to get over. And, you know, she was such a pivotal point for that. So, you know, and it's not just that angle. It was going on to other angles, you know, with Jake, the snake and dusty Rhodes, and then going into WCW, you know, she just, she did make such an impact. I just, it's crazy to me. I don't understand it, but I really, really hope that she does get an opportunity to to be recognized in that fashion. You know, I know that her family wasn't always great to be that she was involved, and they weren't thrilled with it. But you know, how do you keep a legacy like that that hidden and not recognized? It's just you know, it's, it, I'd be really curious to understand the real reason. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and you're right. There there has to be something that we just don't know about because. You know, no disrespect to Tori Wilson, she had a, you know, a, 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 a great career. Uh, I mean, the fact that someone like her goes in before Elizabeth, it just, it's just, it's just mind-boggling. I mean, but you can say that about all kinds of things. Looking, you know, this past weekend, 
you know, the, the Hall of Fame, the guys that went in, a couple of tag teams went in, and you have Demolition that's still not in the Hall of Fame. So, I mean, there's, there's like you said, there's, there's got to be reasons why. Do you, you think it has anything to do with, you know, you know, her later stages of life and, and how she lived it and, unfortunately, how she how she passed away? Do you think that has anything to do with the fact that she's not in the Hall of Fame? I mean, that's what, that's what we're reaching for is answers, right? The Hall of Fame that have had troubled past before them, you know, leaving us so soon. So something, and that's just one of our speculations on, it. well, maybe they don't want to recognize, you know, it's just, it's just really hard to disclude somebody from that. Um, sure. I don't know. I'm not sure. I would hope not because that doesn't define everything that she contributed to the industry. So if that was the reason, that's, that's upsetting and sad to me. Oh, I, I also her. wonder... I also wonder if, uh, you know, Machiman, he left the WWF to go to WCW, and I know that there was some bad blood there uh, for the way he, he left. And Elizabeth was out of the picture at this point, but then she pops up in WCW, you know, a couple of years after Macho Man came. You think maybe there's a maybe it's a, a point uh, where, you know, maybe WWE saying, I can't believe that, you know, you went to WCW without even – call us and like that. I wonder if, if that has something to do with it. I mean, do we know that she did that? We, I mean, you know, we don't no, no, really no, no. know just, that she didn't. Sure. Is that no, what you yeah. mean? I'm just, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't I'm know. Just, I don't think that she, I mean, yes, yeah, she is a pivotal person in the industry, but I think that Macho Man carries so much more of the weight of it. And like you said, she, when that, all that happened, she'd been removed for quite some time. To me, I don't feel like that would have been enough to put energy behind them going, oh, well, you kind of just showed up. And, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that that really has anything to do with it because they had moved on and they were in a different era, not that they were going to use her at that point. And it was like, oh, you turned down a job with us to go there. I don't feel like, I mean, we're just talking and creating this, cover, you know, this, oh, no, this no, like yeah, idea yeah. now. So I don't, me personally, my opinion, I don't think that would have been why they didn't induct her. Or hopefully they yeah. do. I, you know, I want to put that in the universe. Hopefully they do because she's well deserving of it, like everybody else has been. Absolutely. And, and talking about different storylines with Macho Man and Elizabeth, I guess let's, let's, let's uh, get into the whole Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, Macho Man, Elizabeth storyline. Jay, why, why don't you walk us through that and, and lead us up to exactly what happened between them? Well, I'll because I know, this, I know I, you're, a walking, you're a walking encyclopedia, so I know you know the answers to that. Listen, as, as I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you and Sherry discuss uh, pro wrestling from the 80s, I clearly am uh, the low man on this totem pole when it comes to knowledge. You two are a walking encyclopedia, and it's fun uh, to hear you. Um, Tommy, I knew this about you because you've uh, whipped out some obscure facts in our conversations, things that I had to go back and research after the facts. Uh, but, Cherry, i got to be honest, I am blown away by how Sorry, knowledgeable no, you too, are of 80s. She's phenomenal. She's absolutely phenomenal. Aww. <laughs> Uh, when it well, comes to Jake, you know, well, go for it, Cherry. Well, I was just going to say that she, you know, she was such an impact on me that I pulled a lot of who I was into my character, you know, and there was a lot of times that I was able to pitch things based on things that she inspired me to do. You know, in OVW, we had a segment where Deuce and Domino were, were um, in a feud with Cody and Sean, Cody uh, Rhodes and Sean Spears, and I came up with the idea of, 
you know, cherries on the line and they put me on like, kind of like, remember the Saturday night main event with Randy Savage against George Steele, where they put her in that big beach chair or lifeguard stand thingy. And it was like, I came up with that was like, put me on the line and put me in a chair up there, you know, like she did, you know, and I pulled a lot of the things that she was and the, the mannerisms that she had to be, to be cherry where I was just, you know, innocent. And, you know, the dynamic was I'm with these two bad guys, two heels, and I was the baby face. That dynamic was not really ever done. Um, and I pulled that because it was a Savage Elizabeth dynamic. And I, I felt it. And I pulled a lot of who she was and her mannerisms and the things that she did into who Cherry was to pitch more ideas. In essence, to kind of relive some of the things that she did because she inspired me so much. That's awesome. Well, Terry, let me ask you this. Uh, what first got you into professional wrestling? Because you obviously had to be watching it to discover Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth. And so what first got you hooked on wrestling? My brother hogged the TV and I couldn't watch anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I was stuck watching it. And then I just got into it. So that's, that's where the first fan came out of me. And so who knows more about wrestling now, you or your brother? Me, for sure. Absolutely. Good. That's the answer. I was her, brother, her, brother, her brother buys her 8 by 10s bro. <laughs> but he watches wrestling with me. I was able to take him to WrestleMania when I was there, and he was my guest, and it was just to be able to have that full circle. And, you know, he doesn't know the, you know, he lost interest in it. Um, but to be able to be able to take him and have that experience and he got to meet those people and again you know and then he became a refan you know he refanned himself like when I got into it and he watched it a lot more and you know all that stuff and he remembered a lot of the people but yeah I definitely was ended up being a more long-term fan than he was hey you know what? I, don't, I don't mean to string off I don't mean to stray off of Macho Man and Elizabeth but real quickly you just said something about you know you got into wrestling because your brother and fast forward all these years later, you took him to a WrestleMania. How cool is it for your brother, who got you into wrestling, is sitting at home on uh, a weekly basis for a few years, watching you on WWE TV, or going to a live event to see you? Uh, what, what is he saying at this point? Um, oh my God, my my sister's a my sister's a WWE wrestler. I mean. Yeah, he was proud of me. I mean, he didn't, he, he didn't, he doesn't like to put me over too much. So. Um, but he was always supportive. Um, him and his kids and his family always came to shows when they were local and, you know, very supportive and stuff like that. He never boasted about it in front of me to like people, but, you know, I'm sure he, you know, I, my mom talked about one time a, a plumber came to the house to fix something and she was just like, this is my daughter. And, you know, it was just, you know, really proud to say all of that stuff. So, you know, they never really did it in front of me um, to that degree. Cause it was just me, you know? Sure. So, um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, my brother, I mean, my brother and I were the closest growing up. So to, to have that full circle and to be able to just, you know, Hey, I'm taking you to mania, you know, like, don't buy, don't buy your ticket. Like you're staying at the, you know, like to be able to just yeah, sure. treat him to such a degree was just so proud. Like I was just so proud to be able to like do something super special like that. And he's backstage and he's meeting all these guys, you know, it's just crazy. Crazy. To sure. I, I tell you, I tell you, you say about proud. I, if your brother don't put you over, let me put you over for a second. For, <laughs> for those out there that don't know, 
<laughs> for those that don't know, she, uh, I call you Kara at this point, but I, I feel so stupid keep calling you Cherry. Uh, Kara lived in New Jersey at the time, uh, like uh, like myself, and and uh, through mutual friends, we became good friends. And uh, I used to run independent shows back in the day, and she used to be on all them. And, and to see her go from where she was to, you know, to OBW, you know, and then to WWE, it was really cool. It was cool, you know. I mean, we used to watch pay-per-views together every single month. We used to go out and hang out all the time with our other friends. So it, it was cool because I was asking you from a, a brother's perspective, like, what's what's it like to, you know, have you know, your your sister go to WWE? Well, how about having one of your good friends go to WWE? And, you know, in this wrestling business, a lot of people, you know, are very jealous and, and you know, they'll never put over your accomplishments. And me, on the other hand, I, I thought it was awesome that you were there. And every time that uh, every every time that Kara was in the area too, she always hooked me up with free tickets to the shows all the time. I never forget that. And uh, yeah, it was cool. And uh, you know, she dedicated, you know, she dedicated her life to it, and it paid off. So uh, let me put you over saying that you know you, you did an extremely <laughs> great job. I think you're I think you're extremely overrated, especially towards the end of your run when you were finally getting to work some singles matches and doing stuff. And I thought you were making tons of progress. So uh, yeah. I just wanted to uh, let everyone know that. Well, thank you, Tommy. That's very sweet. You were like a brother to yeah. me. You definitely hung out a lot. And that's the best part about it is, you know, I got a, I got very far in this business because of the most important skill anybody needs in life is to network. You know, I met you through friends. You know, you connected me with another person. You can, The next person connected me. And then I got my name out there. And then I got opportunities when, you you know, to, you know, I met this person, that person, and I got Dr. Tom, and then I got to Danny Davis, and, you know, like all of these people, like that's such an important skill is to make friends, network through, through whatever you're doing, whether you're, you know, in veterinary school or you're opening a business and you're making a name for yourself in your community. Like those are things you make, you meet the most amazing people, and you all support each other you're all out for the same thing, you know, and you all support each other and you get farther that way. You know, you just can't do it without the people that were supportive of you in your journey. And that's really important. And you are definitely one of those people who is very supportive of me. So I'll never forget that. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, for, for the people out there listening that might not know, and uh, I'm sure he doesn't know either. How did you get on WWE's radar? I was, I went to an OVW because OVW, um, Ohio Valley Wrestling in Louisville, Kentucky, was a developmental territory at the time, and they were having a tryout training camp, um, which was very made very clear you're trying out for OVW, you're not trying out for WWE. But we all knew that WWE sent their developmental people to OVW, so I was like, okay, whatever. And then I had a couple people that were like, you should try out, you should try out, and. Um, you know, Inferno Kid was the first one that really got in my brain and was like, just send in an application, like big deal, right? Who's, if you don't get picked, big deal, you know? And he just took me through those steps of just kind of like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to send it in. I'm not going to get, you know, picked and holy cow, I get picked. And I'm like, okay, it's three days of wrestling. I do this, you know, five days a week, big deal. I go and wrestle for three days in Louisville rather than in Jersey. So I go and I, I'm there with like 50 other guys and one other girl was picked for that camp. And I do this three day seminar training camp thing and it goes really well. I 
come home, I called Danny Davis like that Monday or Tuesday and was like, Hey, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciated it. And then Danny Davis was like, listen, we see a lot of potential in you. And, you know, that's up to you. If you want to move to OVW and pursue this, that's up to you. But we definitely, you know, appreciate you coming and see a lot of potential. And that was like amazing to me. I was like, whoa. So I really thought about it. And I left a job where I was, you know, 401k, full insurance, making great money, doing something I loved. I just quit my job. I remember. I and remember. Up and left to go chase this dream and who and at the time you had like Nick Dinsmore who'd been there at the time for like nine years and you know hadn't been signed and Beth struggled too and it was like I don't know something in me told me to go because it was so out of my box to do something like that I didn't go away to college yeah it was out of box and then I got there and I knew so many people already because again I networked through wrestling knew a lot of people that were already there, knew a lot of people that were coming in because of that and had an opportunity. You know, I took any opportunity I could, you know, one night the ring girl didn't show up and I was like, I'll do it. And I just would do the ring, you know, the ring girl would take the jacket. Then, you know, they needed me for something else. And um, Ken Doe needed to bump me for something, you know, like it just started to take off and it happened very quickly. And four months after I moved to Louisville, um, you know, Deuce and Domino had asked me to do this gimmick. They wanted to add a girl to it. They didn't know what she looked like. They didn't know her name. They showed me all their promos they'd been working on, and it just happened so quickly. And I guess that's what the thing was telling me in my head was something's telling you to go. And I had the opportunity to get seen by the right people, be supported by the right friends and peers that got me to the spot of having an opportunity to work with those boys. Jay, jump in there. What do you got? Well, we could we could talk more about uh, how Cherry started. We could go back to the Jake the Snake thing. I think I think the important thing to say is uh, Cherry succeeded because it sounds like she wasn't afraid to put herself out there to work hard. She didn't wait around for an opportunity to come find her. She went out and chased it, and I think that's very admirable. And so I applaud you for that, Cherry. Thank you. Yeah, you definitely have to chase your dream. It's not going to fall in your lap, that's for sure. And when I got signed, Johnny East didn't even know I could wrestle. When he signed me, it, that was the craziest <laughs> that was, part. That was definitely a plus. Yeah. Jay, let's 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 jump back on the track. This is an interesting conversation we have with her. We can just keep going with that, but uh, let's let's talk a little bit about more of the Randy Savage Elizabeth, you know, storyline here. Let's talk a little bit about them having different partners. Um, we're gonna get back to Jake. We get back to Jake. Let's talk about Sapphire. Let's talk about Sherry. Kara, what was your initial reaction when Macho Man first paired up with Sensational Sherry? I was sad because I didn't want to see them separate. <laughs> but I was also a huge fan of Sherry Bitch because I knew she was going to be theatrical and she was going to be involved and just, you know, she was going to be Sherry. So I didn't want to see them separate. And I thought, like, like that was going to be the end of Elizabeth which we all know in real life they were already on the outs of each other personally. So um, having that start off, I was heartbroken because I was like, I don't want to not see her anymore. That's kind of where I thought it went was she was just gone. But then when she came back into the mix and started getting involved, and I, I, I read an interview or heard an interview somewhere where 
Sherry really worked with Liz and was very giving for her on just the little stuff that they did where she was able to combat her, which was so amazing to hear knowing how great Sherry was to the whole big picture of the team. You know, I'm going to bump for you and I'm going to show you how to do this. It's just because she never did. She wasn't a wrestler. She didn't bump. She didn't do that stuff. So, you know, it was it was great to it, which made it even better when Liz did finally show up, and then she was, you know, with Dusty, and you know, having that feud against Sherry was, you wanted to see her crack her ass, you know, you just wanted to see Absolutely. it, and it was great. It was another dimension of Liz. Nice. How about you, Jay? What's uh, some of your memories of of uh, of that time with that? Well, I I think. Sensational Sherry was a much better fit for Macho Man's revised characters, the Macho King, as he kind of went, uh, turned heel and went real evil. I think Miss Elizabeth wouldn't have been believable in that role at that time in her career. And so I think Sensational oh, I Sherry was a fantastic fit at that time. Oh, I totally agree. You know, you know what so, I mean? Uh, a very underrated line that really made uh, Sherry, well, Sherry made Sherry. She was absolutely phenomenal. But when Brutus Beefcake called her Scary Sherry and it caught on that way, <laughs> I mean, that really, really, really was perfect. Really, really perfect. Scary Sherry. It was almost like she was trying too hard to be like Liz, like second Liz. Yeah. That's what worked. That was what yeah. worked for me. It was like she was just like, stepping her shoes, but she couldn't fill it, you know? Like, she always, she had the gowns like Liz had, but it was, like, not sure. right. They were, you know, mm-hmm. it was just like <clears throat> she was desperately trying to fill it. But, again, I, I agree. I mean, the bumps that she took, the involvement that she did was just incredible and such an addition to, to how badass he was at the time. I guess now's a good time to get into – Elizabeth, will you marry Because we're going to talk about Jake the Snake Roberts. And uh, talk oh about God. the, uh, what was it? It was the bridal, it was the wedding, uh, it was her party, right? Where they opened up the gifts with, with, with uh, the box and the snake comes out. That was, the, yeah, the reception after the wedding. Yeah. How, how? Oh, that was. At, yeah, it was after the they, they they want. Well, let's let's rewind that. Let's talk about them actually. You know, getting married. Him asking the question and her saying, "Oh yeah." I mean. Yeah. I was mark. I was marking out. I know you guys are marking out. How how great of a a moment was that in eighties wrestling? I it's it go. It just goes back to. Back in the day, in that time frame, they really drew things out. Even that whole segment where he's back and forth and he's pacing and he doesn't, he can't say it. And even just the proposal took so long. And then her answer took so long. It was just like you're on the edge of your seat and you just, you know, it's coming. But they still have you get it. It was great. I loved it. It was so what? perfect to reunite them like that. My favorite part of that, Kara and Jay, is when she says, oh, yeah, and how he sells it with his head. He yeah. That, that jerk. <laughs> <laughs> he had to do that And to think that they were, they were not getting along personally at that time. Like, they were on the yeah, verge of divorce yeah. at that time. 
would hmm. nuts to even well, hear now. Let's talk about that a little bit real quickly before we move into SummerSlam 91 where, where, where they got married. There's so many stories out there. I'm sure you've heard a lot. I'm sure everyone at this point, I mean, uh, so many different stories of her getting locked in a broom closet, her not being able to be in the locker room without him. Uh, you're, you're a, you know more about Elizabeth and Macho Man than I do, uh, Cherry. What, what, what's real and what's fiction there as far as you know? Because uh, I'm sure that you've heard stuff from other, other people as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think there was a degree of, of that protection, but I think people like to glorify it to almost making it sound like it was abuse. Um, but I, I forget who said it to me, but, you know, back then, you know, people respected the fact that, you know, <laughs> respecting the fact that he kept her away from the other guys where he was protecting his marriage. I don't think it was like locking her in a room, you know? Yeah. She had a she had a girl's locker room with Sherry and they were, it wasn't locked from what I was told that she was just had her own room. He was protecting the marriage. She, she didn't need to be around those guys. I mean, come on. We all know how rowdy wrestlers can get. She doesn't need to be sitting around that all the time. It's his wife, you know? So sure. I think people like to glorify it. And from what I heard, it was more like that. And um, I think Vince McMahon said in her tribute when she passed, like, you know, she would, you know, if she had still been with Randy, was she still may have been alive? And this is also, I'm I'm not involved. I never met her. I'm, you know, sad to say I never met her. But, you know, that's, that's, think about that. You know, if she was still with Randy, would she still be alive? Because he was protective of her, you know, it's an interesting thought. I don't know. I think they like to glorify it as if it was the abuse because he was so good at it on TV. Um, but I don't, I think, you know, from the people that I've had contact with, yeah, he let her have her own room. He didn't lock her in a closet and leave the lights out and make it abusive where she couldn't get out. It was like, <laughs> she had her own place to be, you know, from what the people you know, I spoke to. So, but again, I'm not in a situation, is- so I'm just here saying it. <laughs> Sure, sure. You know, it probably is also a situation. Looking back, you're, you're rewinding 1985. I mean, in 1985, you know, the women in the wrestling business isn't like it is, you know, right now. So, oh, I, I mean, it could have been a situation where Mancha Man, he trusted his wife, but he just didn't trust any of the boys. Maybe from being on the right. road all the time, knowing how they are. I think it might be a situation like that, like you said, where, you know, he's just protecting his marriage because he knows how the guys are. And uh, he just doesn't trust them. But uh, let's fast forward now to. And who's to say she wasn't wanted that way? She may have felt uncomfortable and wanted to have her own. We don't know that. None of us will know that. Yeah, you're right. right. But it's more more fun to speculate. Like he was abusing her and she, you know, based on the fact that she left him in reality, you know, she broke it off and, you know, she couldn't, you know, it was a little bit much. I can understand that, but. You know, it's all speculation. None of us know. And none of us will ever know same, now. <laughs> same thing like the speculation where, you know, she broke up because, I'm sure you heard this too, she finally ended it with Macho Man because she was over Hulk Hogan's house talking to Hogan and his wife, and that led to that or something like that. And then the the, the accident where Hulk Hogan had the black guy for WrestleMania 9 wasn't really an accident, and Macho Man hit him. They had all kinds of different, you know, speculation and stories. I'm one. sure you heard those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard that as well. Because uh, she was over his Hogan's 
uh, in his wife's house and ran the WrestleMania nine time. And I think that's what, what they said he had the black eye for. But, again, this is all speculation. We're right there. We don't know what happened. Uh, what we do know yeah. what happened, though, was 1991 SummerSlam, uh, one of the greatest moments in the history of uh, the WWF. It all comes uh, to fruition there. The match made in heaven. Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Elizabeth. Yep. Jay, are you, are you over there? Are you are you wrapping are you wrapping the web as we speak, buddy? I'm, li- I'm thinking what I'm thinking what would I have gotten uh, Savage and Elizabeth had I been invited to that wedding all those years ago? Um, well, listen, I think I'm putting, I, I'm putting you on the spot right now. What would you give? You give you, you give a crisp hundred dollar bill for the pier, right? You're, you're, I heard you're the guy that kind of got this fifty dollars a plate. I would I would probably have had to uh, visit Ted DiBiase's locker room and and dribble a basketball a hundred times to get some money so I could go uh, deliver it to the lovely <laughs> couple. Um, I think I think that 1991 SummerSlam was was an interesting pay per view because it was the first time that I remember having something being billed as kind of a a double main event and one of them was not a wrestling match. And I think the only reason it worked in that case is because of the history between Savage and Elizabeth. We were invested in those characters. I know the WWE has tried to do, uh, has, has done wedding angles since then, but I think that's the only one that stands the test of time. And it's because we were invested in those characters. You don't think the, uh, you don't think the uh, Teddy Longs and, uh, and uh, Crystal Wedding stands up there with those. <laughs> I, it's a close number two. It's it's close. <laughs> yeah, so they get married. The, the the story is unbelievable, and uh, you know, fast forward now, Macho Man's in WCW. Elizabeth wants to come to WCW. At this point, uh, Cherry, you're you're you know you're just breaking into wrestling business at this point, I believe. Or if not, when, when you debuted in what, 2000, 99? 99, 99, yeah. 99, okay. So, so yeah, so you're, you're, you're now in the business, and your idol is back on TV again. Walk us through that now. You're, 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 you're in the wrestling business now. You're not, you're not a, a little girl that's just a fan. Uh, how much more, you said you incorporated a lot of Elizabeth into your character. Um, you must have been ecstatic. You know, you're, you're just breaking back into the business and your idol is getting back in the business. What was to that time frame? What was the time frame? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I'm sure she was there. I'm sure she was there before '99. She was there probably like '97, '98. But like, you're you're yeah. bringing the business. She's back on. She's back on TV now. Uh, you, you you have to be studying every move she's making. Yeah, and I don't feel like she when she first came back in WCW, she was there like a whole lot. Um, so I just took in what I could, and I don't feel like she did it a lot in the beginning, but it was still impactful because, like, nobody thought she'd ever come back. She'd been gone for so long. Um, but I think that's kind of the spin of why WCW kind of made such an impact was because they turned all of those people into something that they were never in WWF at the time. So, you know, she comes in, and then she, you know, not too long after turns heel. Like, who, like, it's like, it was crazy to me because it's like Ricky Steamboat. Ricky Steamboat's never a heel. You know, like, he, he's just a baby yeah. face. You know, yeah. he's just a baby face to me. So, I, 
I just wanted her to always be a baby face. So the heel stuff to me was, it just felt off to me. Like I felt like she was trying too hard. And when she was a baby face, it didn't seem like she had to try. Yeah, I'm with you on this. I I was not a fan at all of her in the NWO. When she came out with, like, the the shiny black NWO dresses and stuff like that, that wasn't Elizabeth, you know? No. You know, at this point, they're hiring everyone. They're on a, they're on a hiring spree. They're they're signing everyone to big money. They're, they're keeping them away from the WWF at the time. But I don't know. She just, just her WCW run, and not just her other a lot of other people too. They're in WCW. I don't know. And then they just missed the ball on her. And she, like you said, she's a baby face. No one wants to boo her. You know, her whole career, yeah. she was a beloved a beloved woman. It ain't like she can grab the microphone as a heel and just, like, cut the most killer promo of all times. I mean, you know, right. no disrespect, she she wasn't very, you know, she wasn't known for her interview skills, you know. So, I mean, being a, a woman in a heel, you got to get on that mic and just rip it apart, you know. So, I don't know, it's just, right. it just didn't, for me, it's just, it's just a, a huge missed opportunity uh, with, with with them bringing her in. I think it was an awesome idea that they did, did bring her in because she wasn't on TV for a while. But, you know, just having her party end of the year is – just stupid. What do you think, Jack? What do you think about her in WCW? I I couldn't agree with you two more. I think uh, I it was a good idea, name value, and to uh, bring back some nostalgia and bring her back on your TV because it was a, it was a big thing to see her back in the world of professional wrestling. But that heel character just didn't fit who she was or or what we loved about her. It just it didn't fit. But I can't you guys to think of this though. That is. If she had stayed babyface Elizabeth through that whole run, would we have cared as much anymore? She couldn't relive what she did. Do you think that if they um, challenge you on that thought is, do you think that she would have, would, would have been just as impactful or did she need that heel turn to be interesting? Even though we all agree it probably wasn't the best idea. Sure. I guess at that point there's only so much you can do with that character as a, as a yeah, you know, I, I see your point of view there, absolutely. Yeah, it may I was not about have to say, worked, uh, ma- even though we wanted it. <laughs> sure, sure. I was going to say, though, Macho Man, on the other hand, I, I kind of dug his WCW run. You know, they took very care of him there. He was, he was a top guy. Uh, he had I agree. Killer matches with, with killer matches with DDP. He, made, he put DDP on the map and made him. Um, you know, he had you know pay per view, big pay per view match with Hogan. Uh, <laughs> Someone like Savage, you just you just can't keep down. Um, what was your take on him? His whole WCW run. I loved it. You know, you always want to see that heel Macho Man, um, and I would have I wouldn't have mind him just being by himself as a heel. You know, he was just so good at it. So I, I would I didn't mind I, I didn't mind heel or baby face Savage. It was interesting either way. And another feed we didn't talk about either, Jay, is uh, rewind back to 1986. I loved the whole George Animal Steel, Miss Elizabeth, <laughs> Macho Man, Randy Savage triangle yeah. that took place WrestleMania two. Uh, what a great storyline that was! I mean, what? A, yeah. Especially for that for that time frame, um, and and this was where you would start seeing. Macho Man treating Elizabeth poorly. Before this, not so much, but when when the George Steele thing started, is when you saw a little bit more
more aggressive Macho Man towards Elizabeth. I, I, I think that is what started that. If I'm mistaken, I think that's what started that whole uh, Macho Man treating Elizabeth like crap thing, wasn't it, uh, Jerry? Uh, yeah, and I think Lanny had said that, that that was kind of the most important part of that angle because he had said that Randy couldn't do much wrestling-wise with George because of his gimmick. So it was, you know, you don't see them running spots. It was more of getting that character over, and that's probably what just shot it off for people to get it, get the dynamic of what they were together. So, yeah, I mean, they didn't, it wasn't, you weren't watching those matches for the wrestling athletic aspect of it. You were watching it for the entertainment soap opera what are they doing kind of aspect. So, yeah, I, I mean, it was very a pivotal point for them to to get that over. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Hey, I'm going to put both of you guys on the spot right now. I'm going to ask different questions only because I don't want the other person to think too long on an answer. Uh, Cherry, if you can have Macho Man Randy Savage in his prime wrestle against anyone currently on the WWE roster, uh, who who would it be? Oh my gosh, there's so many. I can only pick one. Yeah, only one. AJ Styles. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Jay. Yeah. If Miss Elizabeth, if Miss Elizabeth, as a, a babyface manager, can manage anyone on the WWE roster currently in her prime, right now, who would it be? Man, that is a great question. I'd want to pick somebody who is a little reminiscent of Macho Man's character. He's kind of a little bit out there, a little bit because uh, man, they balance each other so well. You know, the the, uh, the wild man Randy with just the sweet girl Elizabeth. So, who's somebody on the roster today that's that's kind of that wild, crazy, not sure what they're gonna do type character? Hmm. Man, that's a you have the answer. You're, you're stall. Are you stalling and trying to figure the answer out? That's yeah. I'm not. A, I'm not a booker. Um, she would do well with with a lot of people. I would put her with. I'd put her with Braun Strowman. You got this big giant beast of a man with this petite woman at his side. I think it could work. I that's think not, I would do not, a horrible idea. I think I would do Elias. Other than not just the fact that he's got like a macho man built. But I feel like he's, I don't know, I just, I can kind of see that nostalgia in that. He, he, reminds, I mean, me of, he reminds me of Macho Man. Not, not his work, yeah. his, obviously, his, his look, you know. Do you, do, you, do you think... Um, that was a good question, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, over here, I'm, I'm over here trying to think of myself of who, who I would put him with. Uh, and kind yeah. of so who would people, you put him you, with? Sound, you know, some... I, I think like a Seth Rollins Macho Man match would be really off the hook. Elizabeth and Rollins? No, no, no. Uh, the question I asked you, who would I put Savage with? Someone on the current oh, roster. Oh. If, if they're in this okay. prime. I think some a match like that, Rollins and Rollins and uh and Savage would have been awesome. I mean, it is just so uh, the who would you put Elizabeth with today? I don't know, I kinda like the the Braun idea. Uh, they you know, they try and do something with him and Alexa Bliss 
last year. You know, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. Hey, yeah. we we got a caller on finally. We we actually been, the, the the phones have been lighting up, but we've been in this discussion. And it's been this is a really really good uh, really really good discussion tonight. I'm I'm enjoying it. But uh, let's take a let's take a caller. Uh, you're on the phone with Cherry. I, I I wish I wish there was somebody there. The call just got dropped just as you were throwing to it. It, it dropped off the screen. So uh, okay. uh, I encourage you to call back. The number here is three two three nine two seven two nine five three. Call in and talk to former WWF superstar Cherry live on the air. Well, Jay, I think that's our fault because there's like three calls on hold for about 15 minutes. We have got tired of holding, and it is almost midnight, so um, it's been a pause. <laughs> we're, we're, we're about to wrap up the show anyway. Uh, sorry, anyone out there that we didn't get to. We were just in the middle of such a, a good conversation. We could probably keep going with this, too. We've been talking 50 minutes already, and I feel like, there's just so much more to talk about as far as the layers and yeah. depth of, of Miss Elizabeth and Macho Man. Let's talk about LJN figures for a second. Uh, and, and obviously there was a Miss Elizabeth LJN figure, Macho Man LJN figure. I used to get so mad when I was a kid uh, when I used to lose Miss Elizabeth's skirt. I, I couldn't find it. <laughs> and I'd go to the house. And uh, yeah. <laughs> And all those Miss Elizabeth per- posters and shirts, man, what a legend. I have all of her posters except for the the original one of her and Savage on the beach, and there were she was in a bikini and he was in jeans. I can't find that one for the life of me, but I've all I the know, other ones. I know. I remember, I remember uh, uh, last year I was sending you Found some uh, stuff on eBay, and then someone, someone bought it or something, right? Oh, my you, gosh, they you, snaked you, it from me. It was crazy. They ran at the last second. Yep. Well, that, but I'm, think, I'm not into also, eBay anymore, so I didn't know the tricks. <laughs> yeah. Also, Cherry, I think also is because when it was like 30 seconds to go and you only raised that big 50 cents, I think that's what got you. Then you had to go at least five bucks on it. Tommy, really? You just blew up my I'm spot, bro. You just blew up my spot. <laughs> I'm not a pro I'm like you kidding. are. <laughs> that thing went for that was that thing went up high too. That was that went high. Was that high was, was that your favorite poster, the one with them on the beach? Because that that's a really cool that was a really cool poster. That might have been my favorite of them too. Um, they were all really good. The one I still have in my home is the one she's in a blue dress with a pink rose. I think it was like a picture from their house or something. That's the one I have up in still up in my home. I have that. I have all of them, but. Um, I kind of had to <laughs> minimize my uh, childhood in my home right now, so I, I left that. I still have that one hanging up at my house, but I have all of her dolls. Nice. Um, you know which one I yeah, remember. You know which one I remember having as a kid. It was the one where it's just her head, and then you, you got the, the the diamond necklace, and you're about to see her cleavage, and it cuts off. Like that, yeah, I remember and the, that the diamonds are that glowing. That was such a classic yeah. poster. Yeah, that was the what one a, that they threw a, into the ring at George Steele at the end of that Saturday Night's Main event where she was on the on the little lifeguard stand. The I end of that I match where any, you dare I, anybody what? I dare any I dare anyone in the United States to challenge Curry on Miss Elizabeth Macha Man trivia. You're gonna lose. Oh my god. There's no <laughs> there's no one out there. We might have to do that one we might have to do that one week, Jay. We'll we'll have her back on. And we'll try and like stump Cherry on uh <laughs> on uh on Miss Elizabeth Macho Man trivia 
and if someone can stump her, we'll give them a prize or something like that because it's not going to happen because she knows absolutely everything uh, <laughs> about I, them. Yeah, I think at this point, I was going to say we could have Looping Lanny Popple back on, but I, I think I'd have to bet against him at this point. Oh my God! She's way, she's way too, oh, I better not say that. He's been at my convention in a couple of weeks. I better not say that. Um, yeah, I mean, what a great, 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 great angle storyline career uh, that these two have together. Uh, we we keep talking about it, but uh, we're gonna have to wrap up the show soon. I just want to say thank you so much, Jerry, uh, for for coming on and talking with us. We really both enjoyed uh, this conversation tonight. And uh, obviously, we all love wrestling. We all grew up watching in the 80s, and obviously those two were two of the biggest out there. So it was fun to, to talk about them and reminisce about them. And uh, I want to thank you again for coming on. Anything out there uh, you want to say before we uh, wrap things up? Well, no, thank you so much for having me on. I, You know, that was a special time in my life um, to watch that. It was so intriguing, so much so that I was able to, you know, use her influences and, um, you know, be able to live out some of those same iconic moments that she had in her career. Um, that was really, it was really special. So to have, to be able to chat it up with somebody that, you know, wants to talk about that kind of stuff, it was really fun. Thank you guys. It was, it was a yeah, good night. It was. Thank you. Yeah. You too. Thank you so much for coming on again and, uh, and have a good night. Great. You too. Thank you guys. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it. Former WWE diva cherry. Uh, on the life and times of the Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Miss Elizabeth. Great, 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 great episode tonight. I really enjoyed uh, uh, talking about this subject tonight. I think maybe we'll do that in the future, uh, Jay. Is we, we just picked, it's kind of like the style that Bruce Pritchard and uh, Conrad do with, with something to wrestle with. Uh, maybe we can do that where we, we pick a, a topic and then we bring on, like, you know, Cherry is someone that you're not thinking off the top of your head of, being on the show. So she was a unique guest today and, uh, and she definitely had some great insight on that. So maybe we can try that again. If, if uh, you like that idea. I think it's a terrific format and uh, I am blown away at how knowledgeable uh, Cherry was. And just, you can tell how passionate she was about that era of professional wrestling and how highly she speaks of it. And just, her memory, she's sharp as a tack when it comes to remembering details uh, about Macho Man and Elizabeth. And I would venture to guess that she is just as knowledgeable uh, other aspects of 80s wrestling as well. And so I, it was such a joy and privilege to be able to talk to her about this subject tonight. And I would love to have somebody on and, and pick a different topic and just kind of do the same kind of roundtable discussion that we did tonight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the next two weeks, we, we can't do that because we have guests lined up uh, the next two weeks. Uh, next week's going to be an interesting one. Um, we have a legendary wrestling photographer, George Napolitano, is going to be coming on the show next Monday night. Man, the questions that and the conversations we can have with him, he, you know, he's been everywhere, he's seen it all. It's going to be a very, very, very unique perspective from George talking about being ringside and backstage for some of the biggest iconic moments in 80s wrestling. Looking forward to that. The, the things that he had the privilege of witnessing firsthand and probably the, uh, 
the old photos that he has, maybe even some of the negatives that he still has to develop. Uh, it'll be wonderful to pick his brain. Uh, highly uh, encourage everyone who's listening to call in and ask questions, because this is a man who has seen a lot of stuff in the world of professional wrestling. Absolutely. And uh, real quickly, we're going to uh, do a special go-home uh, show edition of 80s Wrestling Con the following Monday, which would be the day after Easter, which would be April the 22nd. Uh, we're definitely going to have at least one, maybe two of the wrestlers that are appearing on 80s Wrestling Con on the show that day. Uh, and again, real quickly, 80s Wrestling Con takes place on Saturday, April the 27th in Freehold, New Jersey. I play America. Over 20 80s wrestling superstars appearing, including the Young Stallions, Bushwhack, the Luke, Ricky, the Dragon, Steamboat, the Nasty Boys, Slick, Brother Love, Jake, the Snake, Roberts, Lanny Poffo, Cowboy Bob Orton, Wendy Richter, Greg, the Hammer, Valentine, Rocky Johnson, Coco Beware, the Wild Samoans, Kebatera, the Powers of Pain, and more. More information on the convention can be found on 80swrestlingcon.com. And until next week, Jay, hope you have a great week, buddy. And everyone tune back here next Monday night, 11 o'clock p.m. Eastern Central Time for another edition of 80s Wrestling Radio. Have a good week, guys. Um.